0: everybody it's Scout I'm really sorry about the long delay for this one I've been dealing with some personal stuff for the past couple months that's been really hard for me to sit down and edit this plus this is a really special one for me um in case you haven't noticed from the title it's about Quinn Quinn is really important to me and I'm I get really nervous You'll find out from this episode. I get really nervous. So I wanted to make sure that this was as perfect as I could make it before it got to air. Um, I hope you like it. I hope it's good. I'm doing my best. Also, I'm changing the theme song for this one. If I like it, it'll stick. Let's go. You're just another part of me.
1: Hi, welcome to Original Character Do Not Steal, the podcast where I let you tell me about your OC. I'm Colinette Pagetish. Uh, and I, man, I just love some ancient grains. And uh here today, we have Scout Shiro. It's me. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about your favorite boy.
0: Yeah. I, I do love to see him is the thing. And I've been I, I kinda wanted to do this later, but like the more that I do this show now that I've done three episodes and like when we do questions and I talk a little bit about Quinn, I'm like, but nobody knows who Quinn is.
1: So. Well, I mean, you know, we could, uh, we could, you could put it out immediately or you can put it out later. It's, it's yeah. whatever. That's um,
0: true. Uh, yeah. time is nonlinear. Yeah. It's time. Right? I don't know yeah. anything about science. I'm, I'm not smart. <laughs>
1: Time is relative. Uh yeah,
0: time is relative. That's what I was looking for.
1: So, um, yeah, we're gonna be talking about your OC Quinn today. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh give me give me the elevator pitch on Quinn.
0: Okay, so Quinn is uh half elf, he's a half-sun elf. Um, his name is Prince Quinoa the Fourth of Newark. He is six foot four, he's a bean pole. He, he's really, really kind, but he has a lot of trouble with anxiety that he deals with. He's a prince. Um, his dad died and he ran away from home because he didn't want to become king. And now he, he adventures and he's trying to figure out, you know, what he's good at, what he wants to do with himself. Being a prince is not him. He wants to find out what is him.
1: I, I know that Quinn is your first D&D character, but is Quinn your first OC period? Or have you made other OCs in the past? Or
0: uh, Yeah, I want to say he's like my first OC, or at least the first one I felt like, yeah, this is mine. I've made like fan characters before for different things when I was like uh, in middle school. But I never like made an original story or anything. I mean I guess Quinn's story is not original it's very inspired by other things but like he's kind of evolved and now this is mine and it feels good to do.
1: We have heard some things about good old Q um
0: Yeah we do call him that.
1: Mostly because I can never remember if it's Quinn with one n or two n so I one just n. Okay. Yeah
0: he always calls it with one
1: n. <laughs> Let's uh we we've heard a lot about him and the fact that he uh drinks the fruit cup water um <laughs> and the And the bean brine, um give me some the superficial details about Quinn, you know, how does he dress, what kind of food does he like what What things is he into?
0: Can I start off with like how he started um because so my my best friend Jacob invited me to play d and d and Jacob was a big influence on Quinn when he first started out, and he still is. We were doing this meme on Tumblr that was like, "Give me your head cannons about my character, so I sent in Quinn. And, and Jacob said that Quinn dresses in really like clashing kind of things. And he's not so great at fashion, but he's super proud of it. And I was like, yeah, true. (laughs) So I took that and kind of ran with it. And so like where he's from the Island of Newark, uh, which is uh, so Newark is a city in New Jersey. Um, It's like, Oh my God. Now that I moved, I want to say it's like 10 minutes from here, Uh, (laughs) And I I needed a place to name his name where he's from after, so I chose Newark. On Newark, people wear a lot of, like, organza and chiffon and, like, flowy kind of materials. A lot of shears, because uh, it's super, super hot. So he, he tends to do that, too. But his colors never match. You know, he, he <laughs> loves to wear, like, well, purple's his favorite color, but he also loves to wear, like, yellows and greens um with it and it, it doesn't always look great but he he loves to see it. Um and it makes him feel really good about himself.
1: So he looks like a, a re like if you took really, really bad like nineties like athletic wear and just made it entirely out of chiffon.
0: Oh yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he has really curly red hair. He's very tall. So he's six four. He has uh tan skin, tons and tons of freckles on uh, Newark, they call them sunspots. He has lots of piercings in his ears and gauged earlobes. And I recently gave him um, a nose stud. Um, And yeah, he dresses, he wears lots of different colors. um, And they don't always look great together, but he loves it and it makes it feel good. Um, And he's been made fun of a lot for it before. He doesn't always feel great about that, but he tries to take it in stride as much as he can. He loves books. He loves to read. There's three libraries on Newark, and he's ripped through all of them a couple times. And he likes to, like, take out as many books as he can and see how many he can read in a day and, like, beat his record. Uh, the problem is Quinn prefers to read fiction over nonfiction. So I want to say he doesn't really know a lot about the world. But he knows a lot about, like, stories and myths and legends and stuff. He's very, very anxious all the time, and he doesn't really do so well in large crowds. His kind of, like, ideal world is to, like, a place where he can, like, sit under a tree with a good book and pipe weed and just, like, chill by himself and feel calm for a little bit. Because, see, when he was a prince, he, he never got to really feel that sort of calmness, you know? I guess Quinn is a little bit different than a lot of people's D&D characters because I play him in multiple games, which I understand is not typical. Yeah?
1: Uh, I, I will say, um, I don't know, maybe I'm a bad person to compare to, but I have, with the exception of Alton...
0: Who we will get to later.
1: Yeah, I've never taken a character from one game and then just pick them up and drop them into another game. But I know uh, that's not incredibly uncommon. Uh, usually people will, like, take the same character and just change some window dressing for new games. But
0: That's what I do, yeah.
1: You were the first person that I've ever met. I mean, when, when we started playing uh, Miyochi together, what, uh, Yui was your first character who wasn't Quinn that you ever played? Yes. Let's give a quick rundown of all the different universes that Quinn exists in
0: all the Quinns so like um in a, in a high fantasy world Quinn is a prince um and he runs away from his island and goes on adventures I play him in an urban fantasy game right now with Kat from the first episode who's my DM and there his name is Quinlan De La Cruz and he goes to fantasy Princeton or Princeton I think I think we actually named the college, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And he's a teacher's assistant at a local high school. And he used to live in Texas. Oh yeah, Quinn Quinn speaks with a southern accent. But he ran away after his dad put him in seminary for like a year. He was like, I don't want to do this, so he ran away to Fantasy, New Jersey, to a town called Applecrest, where he teaches assistants at a high school with some kids and. He kind of got mixed up with these kids to uh, basically we are the guardians of the descendant of Pandora, like with Pandora's box, which held like the seven deadly sins and the box opened. So now we're working to get all the sins back into the box. And, and Quinn is kind of a hipster a little bit in that game, um, he wears Urban Outfitters a lot, and he and he rides one of those fold up bicycles. <laughs> I, I love him so much. And usually when I when I play him or when I think about him in like a modern setting, like that's the coin that I kind of go to. And he has a much more like stable life there because he has a really good grounded support system. Um, I also play him in an apocalypse world game with my friend Reed who I'm hoping to get on the show um, to talk about one of their OCs and there his class is. Oh, actually I didn't mention I'm um, Quinn's a cleric in high fantasy universes. He's a cleric of Azuth, um, But in urban fantasy, he's a cleric of Athena because I'm really, really interested in Greek and Roman mythology. Yeah. But anyway, in apocalypse world, his class is the angel, which is the healer class. So Apocalypse World takes place in this like post-apocalyptic setting. Um, I usually compare it to like Mad Max or Danger Days, the My Chemical Romance album. Yeah. And he's from this city called The Sack, which is a coastal city that is one of the only places that has access to water. He was brought up by his mom. His mom was like a really cool person, took care of him. Um, he's a He loves her so much. And she was like the leader of like a gang. But she died so he was like fuck i can't i i don't know how to exist in this city without my mom so he bounced and he ran into the desert um and he found this like community of people who are working together to make a life for themselves he can heal and so that's kind of like how he offered himself to this group like hey you know i can i can help you guys out can i chill with y'all and so that's him there um and then The third game that I play him in is actually a game that I DM for Fallon, who's been on the show, and Roy and Sarah, who I also hope to be on the show. And it's actually kind of themed towards, like, Sailor Moon and, like, other magical girl anime properties. And there, his mom is alive, and he lives with his mom and his sibling, Taro, and he... Well, I can't say too much about the plot because (laughs) players will find that out next session. But he has that capability to transform into a magical warrior and his alter ego is called Shining Parthenos and he is a guardian of Athena. And I I also like, I want to touch on this a little bit. So the reason why I brought Colin on to be the host for this episode is because Colin is uh the first person to play Quinn that isn't me on like a long-term scale
1: yeah yeah um I I mean like I haven't I haven't played as Quinn a ton but Quinn is a major NPC in our our uh Mioji game <laughs>
0: And, and Colin does Quinn's voice really, really good. And I love to hear it.
1: I mean, you know, growing up in the South, doing a Southern accent is very easy. Um, but yeah, uh, he's, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's fun to play. Uh, he's kind of, I don't know, he's... The funny thing about Quinn, he's the exact opposite of pretty much every character I've ever played. Or char- or basically the way that I like to play characters. But really? Yeah. Uh, I, man... Uh, milk toasty wishy washy people not really my thing i uh in in the immortal words, I like to play characters that make brave and heroic decisions,
0: huh I didn't know that,
1: yeah, uh but I mean still there's a lot of like a lot of the major themes around q are still themes that I like to like experience with characters uh and and like major conflicts and everything
0: it's good, yeah, and I think he has. He has potential for growth to, like, move outside of just this character that's like, well, I don't really want to do anything. I'm really scared of everything. Because um, once he's put into situations where he has to make choices, he does. And then he grows from them. And, and it's really good to see. Because it makes me feel like I can grow when I make choices.
1: So kind of the, the big thorough points for, for Q... Our sweet, sweet boy, loves the weed, can't dress, heals people. Yeah. And then kind of, it seems like some kind of like surrounding things is he gets thrust out of home for one reason or another and most things it seems to be uh stress over him being part of the aristocracy and not wanting to take on that
0: responsibility yeah that
1: responsibility I guess the the only one that's kind of different is uh the apocalypse world Quinn where it's it's more that his mother dies and then he kind of like strikes out on his own because he doesn't know how to take care of himself in that situation which is still kind of similar
0: yeah absolutely
1: Um, yeah Yeah. Uh, so when you take Quinn from one game to another what's like what's really key to you to bring quinn from one thing to from like you know from high fantasy to urban fantasy or to an apocalypse situation or if you were going to take uh you know quinn into a sci-fi game or something like what what are the big core things for quinn for you
0: yeah i think it would be really fun in a sci-fi game okay i guess this is where i talk about pippin sure when i first was making you know, like a PC for Jacob's Game. I didn't know where to start because I've never really made something original before. So I was doing a lot of musical theater at the time and I was thinking about characters that I wanted to play but probably wouldn't be able to play for one reason or another. And the big one for me is Pippin from uh, Stephen Schwartz's musical Pippin. Pippin is a character who I strongly relate to and see a lot of myself in, good and bad. And at the time, I thought I would never get to play Pippin. And I still don't know if I will For because I haven't gone back to musical theater in a long time because I hurt my foot. And so I can't really do a lot of uh, physical anything anymore.
1: Very hard to dance without a foot, yes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really hard to dance is the thing. Um, but at the time, I thought the reason I would never get to play Pippin um, was because I identified as a girl. And Pippin is traditionally played by somebody who identifies as a guy. And that's kind of a... I, I have a lot of roles that I want to play. I want to play Cosette and Christine. Um, Cosette from Les Mis, Christine from Fan of the Opera. I want to play Marion. From the Music Man. But there's also a lot of traditionally guy roles that I want to play. Like Fierro from Wicked. Or um, there's a couple others. But Pippin and Fierro are the ones that always come straight to mind. Um, And I thought that I I would never get. Oh, and the MC from Cabaret. Though I have seen the MC played um, by people who didn't identify as a guy. So I thought I would never get to play Pippin. And it was kind of eating me up. A little bit at the time. So I was like, I'm going to make Pippin and I'm going to play Pippin in this game. And and Pippin's whole deal is that he's a prince. Uh, he's the he's the firstborn sh- son of Charlemagne, like from history. And Pippin is actually based on he he's based on like a a number of figures from long time ago, French history. Um, he's based on a number of figures, but mostly uh, it's on the figure of uh, Pepin Le Bossu. I don't speak French, so I'm not sure if I'm saying that right.
1: That sounds yeah. very accurate. <laughs> yeah.
0: but the first, So he's the firstborn son of Charlemagne, and he desperately wants to find out what his purpose in life is. And he goes to school, and he gets out of school, and then he's like, well, fuck, I don't know what to do. Um, And big mood, frankly, uh, because I was really good at school, I would say. But as soon as I got out of college, I was like, well, what now? Because the future is hard and uncertain. And so Pippin's dad tries to get him into war. um, And Pippin's like, whew, this is not for me. So he runs away. And at that moment when Pippin runs away is kind of like those feelings that he has is kind of the starting point for Quinn, wherever, wherever I throw him. That's, that's kind of where I draw from is that point in the show where, where Piven runs away. And I build Quinn's background in that universe based on situations that might cause him to run away from home. And usually I always base it on the first Quinn, um, Prince Quinn on the fourth of Newark. I always base it on the idea of like, um, you run away from home. Because you were running away from some sort of responsibility that you didn't necessarily want to do, and yeah that's that's where I always grab Quinn from is like that spark that ignites the flame of the rest of his adventure, and where he goes from that is is very dependent on what happens in the story um and that's what I like about that's what I like about tabletop gaming is that it's it's not all on you you and your friends have the power to influence each other. And, and it, makes it, it makes making your own original content a little less scary when you have a support system to do it.
1: So I guess this le- leads into a big question. Um, so you are non-binary and trans. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Quinn specifically trans? Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's talk about that for a little bit.
0: Quinn also identifies as non-binary trans. Quinn is always, like, very helpful for me to kind of, like, discover new things about my identity and, like, who I could be and who I am. I influence him and he influences me.
1: So like, that's definitely more of just the ongoing, you know, um, Quinn is a character that you use to better experience yourself and who you are. It's not necessarily like, um,
0: cause I'm still new to this, you know, I'm like, this is a,
1: well, even, even then that's, that's fine. Just because you're playing a trans character doesn't mean that like you have to have a trans character plot or anything. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like that's, I guess, I guess it's an important distinction to make to just kind of point out that like him being non binary trans is just a facet of who he is as a character and not necessarily like that's, that's never a thing that factors into why he leaves home or no. anything. No. It's just that's, it's not a point of conflict for him. It's yeah. just a part of his identity. It's like, yeah you know he is a cleric but uh not so that you can tell a story about him having a crisis of faith but that because he you wanted to be a magic boy that heals pretty uh,
0: much yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wanted to make cuz i i knew final fantasy beforehand um and i wanted to make like a white mage character and jacob was like well we got clerics and i was like hell fucking yeah
1: yeah <laughs> cast healing magic and you hit with big hammer um
0: he doesn't hit with big hammer he actually <laughs> very very, very, very rarely uses any sort of martial weapon at all um, because he does not like to cause physical harm. It's actually one of the things he is very against. It scares him. I I remember in, in my first game when Quinn had to kill somebody for the first time to get out of a situation, and it was so scary for him. But he usually uses a staff. That's what he casts out of, and he has a holy symbol on his neck, that's um it's a quartz crystal because quartz is like uh Newark is a is a natural depository of quartz. So a lot of stuff on the island is made out of quartz um yeah. and different sort of rocks.
1: I uh, believe you have said that you you know a lot about rock and that's why there's a lot of a lot of rock with quartz. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm super I think sometimes it's good to do to um if you know a lot about a certain thing, to dump that into your character especially when you're when you're playing D D, because you have to sometimes come up with information on the spot so yeah i love rocks so quinn loves rocks
1: so i guess to backtrack a little bit
0: yeah let's do it
1: so uh quinn is obviously in a lot of different parties uh so what are what are kind of like the most important um like character relationships that that quinn has
0: in our first game, this is something that has kind of actually moved on into Pandora Campaign. Quinn has a boyfriend, and his name is Damick. He's a drow, and Damick is a really important character to me, Scoutio personally, because so Jacob's my best friend, and he told me once that he based certain traits in Damick off of me, and. That made me feel really good to know that, like, because I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of self esteem. Um, it's something that I'm still working on a lot. But Damick is a really sweet kid. He's he's also very very nervous. Um, he works in a library. He's pretty short. He's trans, and I love to see him. And the fact that. There was this character who I immediately latched onto. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, you're good. <laughs> the fact that there was this character that I immediately latched onto that I later found out was inspired by some of my traits made me feel like, hey, there's some good things about me too. Um, I can be good, I'm valid. Yeah. Um, and and Damick actually like helped me also to realize that I was trans. I I just like I don't know. I see a lot of myself in him and and I love him. Um and <laughs> sorry, I'm just no, you're fine. I have a wall um in my room.
1: <laughs> Is it just drawings of Damick?
0: No, it's actually Quinn. Have you oh, ever okay. seen Quinn wall?
1: No, I've not seen your Quinn wall. Well,
0: I'll take a picture of it right now and send it to you. So I have a wall in my room of different pictures that people have drawn of Quinn because it makes me feel good to look at. And one of my, or actually a couple of these pictures are of Quinn and Damick, and I'm looking at them and it makes me really happy um, because I pull on parts of myself for Quinn and I see myself in Damick, So like them together is like, it makes me feel good about myself. It's like, yeah, they love each other and I love me. And, and they're both, like, very nervous and they're just trying to figure out, like, how to be in a relationship. And I like it. And I love to see it. And I love to see it so much that they not just were in my first game, but I also, like, I asked Jacob. I was like, um, can they be together in Cat's Pandora campaign? And he was like, yeah. Um, and, and now they're in love. And Quinn's in a long-distance relationship. With his boyfriend Damick, who they met online on a Magic: The Gathering forum.
1: Okay, so if, if it's <laughs> um, what uh, what decks does Quinn run?
0: God, I don't fucking know. I don't know anything about Magic. Oh
1: man, um, like I want to, um, like I want to say that he runs Esper Control.
0: What does that mean?
1: So, uh, so uh, Esper Control is a popular deck format that's um, white, black, blue. Uh, But I feel like the the black is, like, just a little too mean for him.
0: I don't know what the colors mean either.
1: White cards are usually all about preventing damage or uh, putting a bunch of little tiny creatures out there um, that uh, uh, can, like, come together uh, as, like, a bigger force. Uh, Blue is all about um, magic that you can cast really quickly. Like, it has a lot of instance cards it does a lot of counters and it has a lot of stuff that lets you take control of other people's stuff. And okay. then black is all about kind of like punishing stuff. Uh like it has a lot of cards that make the opponent discard uh and it's got a lot of cards that basically say like oh well if you do this you're going to take damage uh and a lot of um like monsters that like steal life and that kind of stuff. So um uh an esper control deck is all about basically trying to, like, control and corral your opponent uh, into basically hurting themselves or putting them in a situation where they get hurt. Which, man, I'm trying to think of... I think the biggest problem with Quinn playing Magic is, like, not actually wanting to hurt people.
0: Oh, um, I think... But for Magic, I think he'd be all right doing it because he knows it's just a game.
1: Yeah. But I feel like uh, probably the what what I would assume is Quinn would get, like, really caught up in... Wanting to do combo stuff, which is probably why he, w- he would want to play blue because blue has a lot of a lot of mechanics for comboing cards and like drawing cards and trying to find specific cards and that kind of stuff. So I feel like he might all, almost like get so caught up in doing that, that he will forget to actually win the game. <laughs> <gasps> Big <mood>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: I think he probably also he probably also collects cards because Quinn is very into aesthetics. Uh, he definitely collects cards based on how nice the art is. Yeah, if, if he likes the art, he'll he'll put that in his deck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they met on a Magic the Gathering forum, um, and then Quinn accidentally docks himself by mentioning like a restaurant in Dallas that he liked to go to, and Damick was like, "Oh my God, you live in Dallas!" And so so Damick found out that he lived near Damick. At the same time and that's how they met. And now that they're separated because Quinn's going to college somewhere else, um, they FaceTime a lot. And it's it's good to see. I love to see it.
1: So is there anyone else you want to talk about specifically other than Damick?
0: Yeah, I wanna say all of our parties have influenced Quinn. The my Apocalypse World Party in particular has really become like a found family, like uh like A mom, a dad, and a kid. um, Yeah. Because we have Text and Static who are like both very, very capable kind of characters. And when we go out into situations, they're usually the ones who have their head on straight. And Quinn's a little more apprehensive about doing stuff. But they've really helped him like gain confidence, especially in that situation. And learn how to like do things on his own. I have a lot of headcanons for magical girl game stuff. And stuff that I've talked about with my players. But we haven't played a whole lot of sessions for that game. Uh, So I don't want to go into it too much.
1: Yeah, save that for your interview for season two.
0: (laughs) Yeah, big, big spoilers. (laughs) The Pandora Campaign Kids. That's my longest running game. Those guys have influenced Quinn, I want to say, like, to to an astounding degree. So we have Jade, who's a half-orc fighter. She's really kind. She doesn't – and she really, really cares about her friends. She is learning more about how to, like, I guess how to be a leader, which is always really nice to see in a character. And she teaches Quinn how to use his sword because Quinn, I, I specifically picked Athena because I found a Pathfinder build for an Athena cleric who could use a sword. And I really wanted Quinn to be able to use a sword for whatever <laughs> reason. So Jade teaches Quinn how to sword, and it's good to do. Naomi, who is our half-elf bard and our main NPC, she's kind of like Quinn's little sister. They both kind of have to deal with a lot of situations that they're, you know, they're very scared about because Naomi, as Pandora, has to deal with a lot of heavy shit and is the keeper of this box. And so there, Quinn kind of has to, he really has to be an adult. You know, and and he has to kind of take on this sort of like guidance mentor role that I don't I don't really know if he's ever had to do in any other games before. And he and he looks after her um, and, and kind of like sometimes tells her what's up, Um, but they're both very tight. And Naomi is actually I, I asked Kat if I could borrow her and uh, she's a wannabe idol singer. And Selwyn Moondown is actually, they have a plot together where they're going to, he's going to help Naomi find a band, which I love. And then our third party member is actually, so my friend Amanda, who I do Unlimited Blade Jerks with, she plays a version of Irisville from Fate Zero in Pandora Campaign, who has really also kind of evolved into her own character, kind of like you did with Grunt. So I really would like to get Amanda on to talk about Irie. I think that would be really cool. Um, And Quinn and Irie are super, super tight. There there was this moment like really, really early on where they were at an ice cream shop. And Quinn really doesn't tell people why he ran away from home because he doesn't want... His dad is like the CEO of a company and he he kind of wants to fly under the radar for a little while. But Quinn kind of told her in a roundabout way that his home situation is not so great and his, you know, his guardians were pretty strict. And Iris feel has kind of the same problem with her grandpa because she's from a very closed off kind of gnome community that kind of wants to keep their magic for themselves. Iris feels grandpa is like a recurring character that we see all the time. That's constantly trying to stop us from going on adventures. Um, (laughs) and, And they kind of like had a, had a heart to heart in line for ice cream talking about that. And, um, and yeah. Oh, there's two more things. So Quinn tends to adopt people as his new parents because, um, well, his mom's not around anymore and he, he doesn't have a great association with dads because his dad is a shitty person. Um, so he's always like looking for new adult figures in his life to kind of like have as a role model. Um, So he calls Athena his mom, like the goddess Athena calls her mom. He's like talked to her before and she seems cool with it. He he respects her like dearly. I think Pandora Campaign and Magical Girl Game are the only games where Quinn is super devout towards like a particular god. And then he also adopted one of my favorite NPCs. His name is Afonso da Silva. Um, We also call him Gabriel. He adopted him as his new dad. He calls him dad. Afonso is still kind of like, I don't know about it, um, but he's his dad. Insert, you are my dad, you're my dad, Vine here. Afonso was his teacher that he teacher assists under. I don't know what's going to happen now because we are on summer vacation in the game. So I don't know if Quinn's going to get assigned to a new teacher next year but I'm hoping he stays with Afonso. Um, and Afonso really looks after him and kind of like makes sure he's okay, make sure he's doing well. You know, he goes to him for advice a lot. And it turns out that Afonso is actually this guy called Gabriel from the Feywild. He's a changeling and he killed King Oberon for reasons that we still don't know, but we're pretty sure he had a good reason. <laughs> and at one point uh, recently, He was captured by Queen Titania, who was not super happy with him, because he used to be this, like, very high-ranking knight in Titania's court. And then he killed Oberon, and Titania's not happy with him. So he was exiled to the Material Plane, and then he got kidnapped and went to the Feywild. And Quinn actually was kidnapped also, because Quinn was, like, bait for Afonso because... The people who lived in the Feywild knew that Quinn was close to Afonso. Quinn escaped, but Afonso didn't. And so we had to kind of rescue him. So we went on this like secret covert mission to the Feywild. And and that was really, really, really cool. What
1: does is, what is Quinn want then? Because it doesn't really, I don't know, uh, it doesn't seem like, because like the, the big thing is Quinn doesn't want the responsibility of kind of being in charge of stuff. But he keeps getting in these situations where he gets thrown into adventure. So, like, what is Quinn trying to get out of his life?
0: So this is another Pippin thing. Um, Pippin is desperately seeking his purpose. And I think Quinn is also doing that to an extent. Quinn really just kind of wants to figure out what he's good at and what he can kind of offer to people. I always think that he could become a really great teacher in urban fantasy kind of settings. In Pandora Campaign, he's actually, so he's studying literature and pre-med, and he'll probably become like a surgeon. I, I think a big crux of Quinn's journey and his like purpose as a character is learning about how to take on responsibility and feel comfortable with it. Because that's something that I'm still learning how to do. And like, I always, I, I talk a lot about how like I'm, so I have an anxiety disorder and making decisions is really tough for me. I obsess a lot about word choice and making sure that my intent is clear and that I'm using the correct words and understanding what I'm saying and, and being certain that what I'm saying is the truth and is honest um and i'm actually doing it right now i'm <laughs> like oh were those the right way is that the right way to say that um but kind of working through that with quinn makes it a little easier for me i've i've found that since i started playing uh almost two years ago now it's been a lot or i don't want to say a lot but it's it's maybe i don't know uh see i'm second guessing myself. It's been easier to make decisions and try new things and try social situations because I've already practiced them with him. So I hang out with him a couple times a week and we problem solve together, you know? Yeah. It's good.
1: What do you feel is your heir to new art problem then? 'Cause like it, it definitely, you know, we we've talked a lot about this because like I needed uh for playing Quinn and Miyoji, I needed like uh some background on it and just, you know, us talking about stuff in general. But definitely it seems like the scenario start of Newark bad, uh dad bad is just kind of not something that you really delve into the details on. That yeah. is just this is this is a thing that we we the where the story starts Quinn has already left this place and really all we need to know as the audience is that it was bad and Quinn did not like it and Quinn needed to leave. Yeah. Where is that coming from in your life? Uh and how are how, how are you how's that like bringing into your game and do you think that maybe if like after you play enough of Quinn and deal with enough of this stuff, like what's, what's that thing that you can then go tackle later?
0: I think a lot of it is being an adult and figuring out how to be me in a space that isn't, um, sorry, I'm obsessing over word choice. No, you're good. <laughs> figuring out how to be me in a space that isn't controlled by anyone other than me because i am the only person i can control in general you know you, you are the only person you can control you can't control what happens to you but you can contr- i mean i'm not sure um maybe uh, and and obviously there are systematic factors in life that could control things that happen to you um but um i'm sorry Hold you on.
1: don't need to be sorry.
0: You can the only actions you can control are your own. And so, it's it's about like doing things for yourself. We're going to get pretty deep right now.
1: Okay. That's that's good.
0: Yeah. I was for a long time kind of under my parents' thumb and I'm still learning how to uh, negotiate myself. And my self image and who I am away from that, and I'm I'm very fortunate that my parents are here. I guess, but I often feel stressed about the way things are presented to me, and sometimes the way that we are spoken to as children of
1: parents. Do you know yeah, you mean? I mean that's that's a that's a big relatable mood. Um, yeah. If, if your parents are a big part of your life and even if they mean well, I mean, there's that, that, that kind of everyday fascism kind of thing of, you know, they have an opinion on what you're doing and sometimes they think that that's more important than your opinion on what you're doing or your desires for what you're doing. So, and yeah, and if, if you've had very strong willed parents all your life, then that's, that's a a big deal to try and, you know, not to say that they're bad parents, but that you need to remove yourself from that situation to find out who you are if your parents aren't there to make yeah. it for my you.
0: My dad is a very strong-willed person. And um my mom is a very anxious person. I didn't really get to make a lot of decisions for myself. It kind of all changed. Um, I did the Disney College program in college. So, like, I moved to Florida. For six months and that was the first time being on my own and being able to figure out who I was as a person aside from like all the different societal pressures that are on me from my family it was amazing and I talk about this period of my life very fondly for a number of reasons I mean like I I love Disney and I really did like working for Disney and I would like to do it again Disney, especially Disney parks, is something that I've been kind of sticking my head into since I was 13 and trying to learn as much information as I could since I was then because I find it really fascinating. But that was like the first time that I was really like in control of my own actions and my situation. And then I came back home, suddenly I was five years old again. That wasn't so great for my self-esteem, I guess, because like although I feel as though all those behaviors that I had learned kind of got thrown out the window and was like no you got to be this way now and that really sucked so I was always looking for ways to figure out who I was And and I guess that's kind of Quinn's journey too is he's he wants to figure out who he is now that he's not under his dad's thumb and I guess that's probably why I elevate Quinn's mom as this character who like I think of as like this extremely loving wonderful person uh because my mom is my mom is my rock i love her she's great not to say that i don't love my dad um but he is a very stressful person for me at times Mm -hmm. in and obviously my mom is too but in, in different ways uh sorry
1: no no you're good this is this is an important thing to talk about i mean there's a lot of like a big part of Quinn is like family issues and like basically leaving that whole life behind. And I think, I think it's important to get the context of that and where that's coming from with you.
0: Yeah. So that's where, that's where I'm pulling it from, I guess. Obviously I pull it, I pull a little bit on Pippin because Charlemagne is this like big boisterous kind of guy who's like, we're going to war now. (laughs) I, he's like this big figure of like machismo and and Pippin doesn't really know if that's the way that he wants to be. And then he tries it and finds out like, yeah, that's extremely the way I don't want to be. And, and I talk about this in therapy a lot. Like my, my therapist always points out to me, like I'm a person who I deliberately try to notice things that like, my parents are doing and try not to do those things because I don't like them.
1: Where do you want to see Quinn go in the future? Like what, what stories would like, would you like to continue to tell with Quinn? Because like, you know, um, it, it seems like you're definitely getting into kind of establishing his identity and his personality and that kind of stuff. But what's, what where, what, what are the next steps you want to see Quinn take?
0: I do think it would be fun to put him in a sci-fi game. I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to this question because I occasionally think of like writing a story for him and being like, and now he is not just my tabletop character. He also <laughs> has this story and here it is. Um, but I really, I, I kick around some ideas, but I don't, I don't really know, you know? And yeah. and that's kind of why I like that he's my tabletop character because the pressure is not all on me it's very collaborative i'm a very collaborative person and i am always interested in what other people have to say because i think it's really important to learn from other people the, that's the only way we grow is to find out what other people think and formulate our own thoughts um based on stuff that we learn i i don't really know where he's going but i'm excited to see him get there
1: okay well um yeah, I guess. Do we want to answer some questions now?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right. So uh, we've got some questions from Kat. Uh, first off, what is Quinn's wrestling gimmick?
0: Quinn's wrestling gimmick. Man, I, I think if Quinn was to be a professional wrestler, his gimmick would probably be that he was a wizard, but like, not like a wizard, like, I am a and d class wizard and here is what I do. Almost like in a Yen Sid Merlin kind of way. Yeah. Like a cool robe and a fun beard. And and he would do like magic. Like he would throw like smoke bombs and stuff. That would be his gimmick.
1: I, I could definitely see him as like a baby face jobber. Uh, I would. I, I don't would, know what that
0: yeah. means because I'm just. Starting
1: to get into wrestling. Uh, a babyface is uh, a good guy with absolutely like no moral grayness to it just just a, a, a good a good boy. Um, and then a jobber is someone who loses a lot uh, specifically to help ele- elevate other wrestlers. Because I can't imagine Quinn winning a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, he has uh, no upper body strength, so... Uh,
1: and I feel like, yeah, I feel like it'd be really fun yeah. to see him just kind of, like, uh, just basically, like, running around doing, like, little magic tricks, but not in a way that would help him win a match at all. It's just kind of his, like, theatrics. Uh, and just, then just, like, like selling, getting the the crap beaten out of him.
0: <laughs> and this is also very funny to me, because, like, Pippin is extremely, like theatrical and Pippin as a musical loves to point out the fact that it is a musical and you are watching a play and they they like talk a lot about like magic and like stage sort of pressed to digitation so I think that's kind of interesting
1: additional cat questions uh, what does he value most in a person
0: in a person Quinn values honesty most um, because he does have a lot of anxiety he's he's always really nervous and he's not really sure. He he doesn't pick up on subtext easily, um, despite how much he reads. You know, he could pick it up in a book. He, he doesn't always catch that sort of stuff when speaking to a person. So he values honesty and people speaking at face value to him. Um, and when someone does that, he really respects them for it.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, what's his favorite color?
0: Purple. He loves purple and indigo. It's actually his signature color. Um, and he usually paints his nails purple. Um, and when I cosplay him, I have a specific like nail polish that I like to wear for him because I saw it and I was like, yep, that's correct. That's it.
1: If he had $1,000 to spend, how would he spend it?
0: You know, I saw this one yesterday and I I genuinely don't know. Um, he'd probably, I mean, since it's Cat and Pandora campaign, he'd, plow, he'd probably just like buy some stupid bullshit at Urban Outfitters. <laughs>
1: Just a bunch of, like, he would spend $1,000 on clothes and still not get anything that matched together.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, Urban is notoriously expensive. And he'd spend $1,000 on clothes at Urban and buy, like, five things because it'd be like Urban Outfitters
1: is not... Urban Outfitters is... Definitely not expensive anymore. Like, yeah.
0: Really? I think it's pretty expensive.
1: Like, uh, man, I mean, I haven't gone in one in a while because, like, it was kind of just, like, a trash department store in our town. But, like, I don't remember seeing anything above, like, $60 there.
0: There's a shirt that they used to sell at Urban. It's, like, a very ugly 90s shirt. Uh, like, a men's button-down shirt with green and purple and, and yellow stripes. And whenever, like, I draw Quinn for Pandora Campaign, or at least at the very beginning, now his style kind of, like, evolved a little bit more. But, like, I had this picture that Roy drew of Quinn, and he's wearing it. And this is an actual shirt that you can buy at Urban Outfitters. And when I first saw the shirt, I was like, oh, fuck, that's Quinn's shirt. I got to buy it. And it was, like, 45 <laughs> bucks. And I have a hard time justifying spending a lot of money on clothes. So, like, I would go back to the store every time I was at the mall, because we live in New Jersey, the mall capital of the world, and I would just look at that shirt and be like, go on sale, go on sale, go on sale, and it finally went on sale for $15, um, and it was a size that was a little too small for me, but I was like, gotta get it, Um, and now I wear it all the time, and I wear it, like, with something under it, uh, and I love to see it. Uh, So, yeah, he'd he'd just blow tons of money at Urban. (laughs)
1: If he went to Disney, what would his favorite part be?
0: I think about this a lot. Um, The reason I like Disney parks over regular amusement parks or other theme parks is because there is not a big focus on thrill rides. Uh, Thrill rides, I, I have a lot of motion sickness issues. Thrill rides tend to fuck me up. And I find that the ones that are at Walt Disney World and Disneyland or whatever um are not rough enough that I get sick but Quinn isn't like that he has a pretty high constitution score actually and he loves roller coasters so I think he'd be like you know I think he'd like Space Mountain and Big Thunder and all that stuff but it's not it's not good he's more of
1: like a Six Flags Um, kind of guy
0: (laughs) yeah he would love Six Flags oh man uh, but at Disney, I think he'd be really into Tower of Terror um because there's it's not only a really good attraction that is unfortunately too rough for me uh it's also got a lot of really interesting lore, and I think he'd like super get into the lore
1: um I guess, and since you have me uh guest hosting this episode you get to uh I get to force you to answer terrible calling questions
0: um yeah, please.
1: Uh, What is Quinn's favorite alcoholic beverage? Does he like alcohol? Uh, Oh! How easily he get drunk?
0: Uh. (laughs) Oh, this is something that we actually cover. Um, So Quinn does go out drinking with some of the teachers in Pandora Campaign. Quinn doesn't drink beer. You and I are both very big beer fans. Quinn doesn't drink beer. He does not like the taste. Quinn is much... If he's going to drink something out of a bottle... It's going to be like a Mike's Hard or a Smirnoff Ice or something like that. Quinn's favorite drink to drink is a Cosmo. He loves a Cosmo. And he also really likes um a Mai Tai. He really likes a Mai Tai. And he also, he likes rosé. If he's going to drink wine, he's going to drink like a sweet white Zinfandel. <laughs> um, he gets drunk super easy. One glass of wine or, you know, one cocktail and he's done. But he he loves, like, sweet things. Like, things that have alcohol in them but don't necessarily
1: taste yeah, like Yeah, so, like, you know, if he was going to drink beer, it'd be, like, a framboise lambic or something. He he likes he likes sweet and sour.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he might, like, if there was nothing else around and he was at a party, Um, he might drink, like, a gosa. But, like, might. And he'd probably put some sugar in it. <laughs> Yeah, he's bad.
1: Um, oh man. Uh we also want to ask you about goal Q. Um uh boxes or briefs? <laughs>
0: do yes. you really want to know? <laughs> uh none.
1: None? Just free balling all the time? Just, no. just going yeah, commando.
0: Quinn's, Quinn's a Quinn's a hippie. Um and he He doesn't he doesn't usually wear underwear. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's a new thing. A lot of people like don't, so
1: I mean, they're all they're all wizards. They've got dry cleaning. Um,
0: exactly. Uh, but he does he does love a pajama. He loves a pajama, and I also have picked out specific Urban Outfitters
1: <laughs> for him. Um, any any other parting words about Quinn?
0: I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> when i am having a bad day i it's it's nice to be able to like go away and into this like escapist kind of realm and just think about like i don't know different scenarios with him it's been really helpful for me since i've had him i'm really glad that he's in my life and he's part of me um you know me and you and kat were talking about this last night I'm glad that he's part of me because, like, during times that, like, I feel the most like shit, I've always really looked forward to my game and hanging out with him and hanging out with his friends. So it all, I'm, I'm glad that that keeps me going right now um, when things are the worst. And I'm, I'm glad that he's around and I'm excited to see where he goes. I'm to.
1: glad that you have him and I'm glad, I'm glad I get to experience a little bit of him, too. Yeah. Which, oh, man.
0: I really hope someday you can actually like meet him. <laughs> that would be for me, it would be good to see. <laughs>
1: uh, so where can people find you on the internet?
0: This show, original character do not steal, is on Twitter. Um it's at OCDNSCast and you can ask questions, you can send in pictures about your OC, uh or of your OCs, and I'll tell y'all about my editing process and how long it's taking me to do episodes. Um, because I'm a very meticulous editor. Uh, because I went to school for it. So I'm like I I'm I'm a big nitpicker. I am on Twitter at at Alderani. That's A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N-I. Um, where I talk about Quinn a lot. Um, I talk about Disney Parks, anime, cosplay, um, I I use Twitter. That's the social media that I use.
1: Who doesn't love a Twitter?
0: I love to see Twitter because that's how I met you. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Where, where can we find you,
1: Colin? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, fucking wherever, uh, at Pagetish, P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H. Yeah, I'm not going to plug anything I plugged last time, because fuck it.
0: You already did that. Yeah,
1: still still not up to much. Uh, still, I'm working on Mioji version two right Mio-G now. Mioji
0: season two. Yeah. Mioji season two. <laughs> we just finished, as we're recording this, we finished our first, 10 years of the um, the Great Pendragon yeah. campaign. I guess Kristen. it's actually like 11 or maybe 12.
1: Uh, What's that? It was actually like 11 years, and we ended up being 12 oh, wow. sessions because we had the the split session. But, yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You're right. Uh, I'm excited to rework that game and make it from the ground up. Um, and, yeah, I guess. um oh, we'll
0: do it again.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I guess a, a big thing is, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's for a different conversation. Um, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, good times. Great oldies. Uh, thank (laughs) you for having me on the show to interview you about Quinn. Yeah.
0: Thank you for doing it. I appreciate
1: it. And Scout. Yeah. You're valid.
0: Yeah. I'm valid as fuck. (laughs) This This has has been a Mesa Verde Verde Media Media production.